When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. You may have noticed a theme to our podcast episodes this week. We've been very American tennis-centric, and why wouldn't we be? The resurgence of the American men, certainly one of the stories of 2021. Now, we don't have a top 20 guy, but the depth right now in American men's tennis. I talked about it earlier this week when we named our top 10 American of 2021 with David Gertler. It's an unprecedented moment, honestly, this century in American men's tennis. And does it compare to the 90s, to the 80s, 70s, when we were constantly churning out Grand Slam titles and singles? No, of course it doesn't. But clearly, in my opinion, there was progress made in 2021. Of course, you look for the American women for the first time in a long time. No top 10 American women to end the year, but still, whether it be the final seasons of Serena and Venus, the continued rise of players like Jess Pagula, Jennifer Brady, Danielle Collins, the still younger than you think Sloane Stevens and Madison Keys, and then of course the next generation of Americans, Kennan, Anissa Mova, and Lee, Claire Liu. You can go on and on and on right now about the depth in American tennis. And with that depth in mind, again, we found it fitting this week to end with some predictions with an eye towards 2022. And a very fun exercise we did at the start of last season was we brought on Crack Rackets contributor Judson Wall to offer our predictions. How many top 100 Americans? American men, top 100 American women, would there be at the end of the season? Now, on that podcast, I stated that I thought there would be 14 American men ending the season in the top 100. At the time, it seemed outlandish. We ended up hitting 12 here in 2021. So perhaps it's better to be glass half full right now than it is glass glass half empty. But, you know, I always like to have balanced opinions on this show. And you can't speak glass half empty without thinking of today's podcast guest, a returning champion here on our Cracked Rackets shows, writer for the New York Times, writer for Slate.com, host of the No Challenges Remaining podcast, my friend Ben Rothenberg joining us on the show today to offer some predictions. The players we think will be the top 10 American men and women at the end of the 2022 season. Now, I will say this. We recorded prior to this conversation a discussion on all of the updates surrounding where is Peng Shui. And of course, you can hear that conversation over on the mini break podcast feed. The reason I I bring that up, but not for the shameless plug, although, of course, I always appreciate a good shameless plug, but to say that we get a little bit rushed at the end of this exercise, spend a little bit more time talking about the men than we do the women. That's because we are already an hour and a half deep into our conversation. And look, Ben's a busy man. He has things to do as such. I do apologize. We may re-examine this conversation a little bit later in December, but look, this was a fun podcast. I mean, it gets to a point, I'm pretty sure at the start, where you will hear Ben and I shouting at each other in disagreement in the most fun way possible and it just makes for really good podcasting it's a fantastic episode i know all of you listeners are going to enjoy of course if you've missed any of our off-season coverage you can find it all on the website crackrackets.com we had stefan kozlov on the mini break podcast earlier this week we've talked to countless power five men's and women's college tennis coaches and again our college contenders series rocking and rolling here on this great shot podcast feed damien's challenger series rolling here as well plenty of fun to discussions being had despite the fact that things have slowed down a bit here in the tennis offseason. But again, all that content available at crackrackets.com. But enough with the plugs. Let's get to today's episode. Here is my conversation discussing the top 10 American uh, men and women in 2022. We offer some predictions with the one and only Ben Rothenberg. Let's have some fun here. 
to end today's show and listeners of our Crack Rackets podcast know it's been an American tennis themed week here. You can hear my top 10 American women's seasons of the year with Nina Pantic over on the Great Shot podcast feed. You can hear my top 10 American men's seasons of the year with David Gertler here on the mini break feed. Of course, now it's prediction time. Let's look forward to 2022. And of course, before we do that, Gotta ask you for your thoughts, big picture, Benny. And obviously, your coverage of professional tennis has often overlapped with just, quite frankly, a down era. Uh, there's no other way of saying it. Yep. For American men's tennis in particular, now you look at the numbers, and I know I, I re- went through all of these when we had David Gertler on the show not too long ago, but the 22 American top 200 players to end the year. That's the most since the 1990, uh, 1990s. The fact is we had 11 Americans reach an ATP final this season. Excuse me, 10 Americans reach an ATP final this season. That's the most since the 1990s. Most title winners since the 1990s. Most top 60 players, top 50 players since the 1990s. All of these stats prove, Benny, that at least according to the metrics, this was the bounce back season for American men's tennis, that it's moving in the right direction. What say you? I mean, it's moving in a direction, like, but it's, but it's interesting because like, it's, you know, I, I said this as like a Philadelphia Flyers fan in another sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like at least back when I was like a, a teenager, like they were perennially playoff team, perennially making the second or third round of the playoffs for a lot of years. I was having a good time watching them. I was getting to win some playoff series, get, you know, enjoy tennis, sorry, enjoy hockey into May routinely, you know, mm-hmm. occasional, a couple, a couple odd, finals uh, run out roughs there but never had a stanley cup win from them and what would i have been happier if i was a fan of say like the carolina hurricanes who most years were missing the playoffs completely but did have like one magical year in 06 where they won it all like that's kind of the thing with american men's tennis is kind of in a bit of a flyersy mode where yes, they have, this is the most, okay, you, you, we draw these weird lines to, to, to make it seem good. Yes, the most top 60 players, like, okay. But also zero top 20 players. Like they're in this, which is just weird. They're in this stratus where there's a lot of players who are professional. And obviously every pro tennis player the ranking is really good. Uh, you know, don't parse my adjectives too much here. But no one who is like a world beater you know, no one who is breaking through and is someone you're going to get excited about their chances to win a slam when the, when the draw comes out. You know, no one who really makes you dare to dream on those levels right now. And that's, that's you know, frustrating, I would think, from a fan perspective. Is that true, um, though? I mean, when you look okay, at the who, success Who's of- going to win the Australian Open, Gruskin, from the okay, American men so you're talking year. about 2022, but can we yes, really well, say- I'm talking, I'm not, I'm not talking about the vague future- that's no, we're talking about like, no, no, seriously though. Like we're talking but about, I like disagree. I prospects. just think, but, but okay. But here's no, we're the talking short term. No, no, no one's going to buy, be excited being like, Oh, I'm enjoying watching tennis in 2021. And I'm really excited that, you know, some of these players we're going to talk about later could win a slam in 2024. Yes, that's true. They absolutely could. And who knows how the landscape will shake out, but the right now we're talking about is still in this sort of like middle zone in so, sort of purgatory so here's my where response they're not that, getting all the way there would you rather be a fan of austrian tennis right now where you have dominic team who you feel like in the right year he can right. win one or would you rather be the fan of american tennis where it feels like you can get five guys in the round of 16 like this if i told you quarter the question yeah and i okay so where do you fall on that i think it's a fair debate to have i think that right now i mean not just looking at the future because obviously okay. team is 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 a little bit probably um well he's almost 28 29 harsh sure like but he already won his slam he's had a rough year he's maybe a little bit closer to the end of his prime than the beginning okay let's compare it to canada then sure even canada has two players in the top 100 top 20 right yeah yeah but but also in the top 20 yeah russia has three players in the four top uh sorry four players in the top 30 or four players in the top 100 but they're all top 30 and two of them are top five. So I would much rather be a Russian fan at this point than an American fan of men's tennis and know that I get to watch the most important matches, you know, which are second weeks of slams and have some of my, some of my uh, comrades, you know, doing, doing great things from mother Russia in there. That's what you want. That's like, that's the dream. There, there was never, you know, I was in Wimbledon when Andy Murray won it. Nobody cared that he was the only guy who made the third round from Britain. I'm guessing that year when he won it. 
you know, that was not something people were like, we're all like, well, you know, we won this trophy, but ah, if only, if only there'd been a better run by James Ward, like, no, you know, like they, they were happy to have, it's, it's, it's a winner take all sport. It's a sport that that makes stars and champions. And it's not ultimately going to be satisfying to people having the quantity. It's great for them to be clear. It's a great success for sort of as a population that they've had this number of guys make really viable incomes and be really credible tour level players um a success for the group they should be happy with themselves um from a pure fan level um no i think that you know you want uh you want to have people who you can sort of get excited about and dare to dream and who are capturing the public imagination there's no reason right now why any men's tennis player from the u.s should be a household name i well, okay, that's a different argument than what you pretty no, well. But that's, what but you that's just also said. success. But that's so here's success. the thing: you talk about there. You want to be able to dare to dream. I think coming out of the 2021 season, the biggest takeaway is that you can dare to dream now. For 2022, whether, for 2022, yes, you can dare to dream right away. And whether it's again, who's winning? Who's winning a slam? Okay, so I know we get into this argument every time, and we do this off mic as well. Is is the NLBL? You got to win a Grand Slam title, otherwise it's just you got to at least show up with a shot. Who is showing I, up with a title? You are titles are successes. Slam. Anything short is a failure. That is the Ben Rothenberg again because I life. because I grew up at a time when like again, what is the bar here? So the that's bar, the like, question. And I think coming out of 2021, number, number one, Taylor Fritz, like you're 23. That's good enough. Like that to me, like Taylor Fritz, I mean, again, it's not to slight individual guys. But I think are all like, especially these younger guys, they're, they're not their rankings are like, I'm looking at you and being like you individually, you know, Riley, John. Yeah, Taylor, no, it's not Francis about a slight of any one of them. Yeah. But like, but there's not the sort of silver bullet guy. That guy doesn't exist right now. See, but the question is, are we sure about that? Like you look at a guy well, like Sebastian. And now Florida. I use the word now. And again, if in 2024 they're there, like and there's great stuff in the pipeline, like, okay, sure, but that's not like that doesn't put food on the table. Well, I disagree. We want again, to these slams. If you are an American tennis fan, is a grand slam a one-day event, Ben, or is it a two-week event? I forget sometimes. It's a two-week event. And if you have five, six, seven Americans tra- you know, getting through that first week, in particular on the men's side, where we just have not had that of late, and you get to seven see- Seven Americans getting through the first week, when is that? I happen? think it's feasible now. I'm not saying it's 100% going to happen, of course, but I think there are seven different American men you could point to, if not more. And again, I can list them off the top of my head right now, whether it's- To do all of the same slam. But we're going to have more bites at the apple is the point I'm trying to make is that you can you now lots dare of, to lots dream. of little lots of little worms making little bites. Well, that's fine, but again, that's more progress than we were in 2014, 2015 where it's like Isner and I get that, all. but first of all, ask Francis Tiafo how it was to play Stefano Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas had one first round loss the entire year. Who was it to Francis Tiafo at Wimbledon? Francis Tiafo has now made multiple quarterfinals at a Grand Slam. We just have another guy. You have a guy like Sebastian Corda who again 21 years old or younger, wins a first ATP uh, title this season and works his way into the top 50. And just, again, the level of play he displayed at 21 years old, makes that next-gen finals at the end of the season. He's another guy you can dare to dream about. Jensen Brooksby won 80% of his matches this season. There are, I believe, six players across levels, ITF professional challenger, that won 80% of their matches. One of them is American. Of course, you then get into the fact Riley Opelka made a Masters final. Taylor Fritz was arguably the... Played the best level at Indian Wells. Yes, I understand. None of them are going to win a grand slam. Well, other than Cam Norrie, none of them are I'm going to win even, a I'm grand not... slam in 2022. But how can you like? I like. I disagree that it's are any it's of them like, making. Are any of them making? I don't want to put the bar like grand slam or bust. Right, that's not fair. Are any of them plausible candidates to make it to Torino next year? Yes, I say okay. yes. Okay, let's talk. Let's let's get into our little yeah, list here. So this is because, perfect. No, this is good. By the way, because. Because, but I just like, I just, again, I think it's worth, I think these are very different philosophies. Like, okay. is this good enough? And again, it's and not to be unfair. It, 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 that conversation always feels, especially in this generation where the best guys are still improving. The yeah. top guys are still young sure. and still improving. That conversation feels, you know, or mean to them. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I still think that like, we also need to get our perspectives checked because this was never good enough previously, you know, and, and yes, the bar has gotten way lower 
expectations. Mm-hmm. But none of those guys you mentioned who are doing things and winning 80% of the matches, like I love Jensen Brooksby yeah, yeah. as a player. I think he's amazing um, and so fun to watch. He's not doing anything except for, you know, winning a set against Djokovic all year. This is going to get him on Sports Center, right? Okay. Like, there's still a level of, of breaking through. These guys are not coming close to as a group. See, and I, there's no I, household names. There's nobody who's like, really, who's like, you know, and it's compared to the women. The women do have this. But the that's where I just, do you think Francis Tiafo is in a household name? Absolutely not. No way. Really? I, I, I know Francis. I adore Francis. He's definitely outside of tennis circles. Absolutely not. What would he, what would be his calling card? Yeah, it's fair. No, I mean, he's someone who's had, you know, the only one, the only one who has a calling card of the American men is Isner. And his is from playing that really long match. Sure. Yeah. And it's all those years ago. Okay. Uh, If we're talking broadly, has anyone punched? Well, I think Sebastian Court again is the upside play because nothing American, American, I think fans are great. Okay. But he's a bite at the apple. He's probably the biggest bite at the apple. Someone who can transcend and you're right. We're talking future potential. We're not, we're talking, yeah. So buying stock in Sebastian Corda, you'll see him. Okay. But you're telling me, is there a world where if he makes a quarterfinal, a semifinal of the slam in 2022, a is, does that world exist? B, if he does that, does he break through tenant, not just tennis media, but does he burst through to the American sports conscious? It depends on the style point. It depends on the style points he gets along the way. Okay. Like it will, he beats a top 10 seed, maybe two of them. Put it this way, Sloan Stevens, okay. it's not, this is not linear. Sloan Stevens got so much more famous for beating Serena to make the Australian Open semifinals. And she didn't. And Sophia Kennan got, got for winning the tournament. Sure. Right? Okay. Like, it's it's not it's not all just about, like, you get the result, you get the result in fame. It's about okay. the style points you get. It's about the narrative behind you. Does this resonate with people? Corda has a good, yes, he's set up to do something, but has he done it yet? No. Should American tennis fans be dreaming that he's going to win a slam in 2022? No, do they think he can make a quarter? Yes, absolutely. Like that's completely on the table. And if that's where those expectations are, I'm all for saying low expectations and being satisfied with life, to be clear, as a rule. Look at me. But like, <laughs> but I don't think that, but well, I don't, yeah. I, I see I, yeah. I, where we're, I guess, fundamentally disagreeing is you're right. The expectations are still lower than they should be. If you're an American tennis fan, you should expect a Grand Slam championship. Well, should, should, should it subjective, right? Like, well, you, I mean, the, as, a, as a country of 300 million people, we sure. should be better represented in the top of the men's tennis. Yeah, I agree, but just, I think this was a step forward year. Like unequivocally, yes. I think. Oh, also agree with. But that. I also, also think you raised the standard coming out of this season, going into 2022, where this is one where now you can raise your expectations. You should expect at least, I think, three of these guys to make second weeks of Grand Slam, if not more. And it's just that's the difference between 2021 and every other year. There's a lot I of build say, up. I look, at, I look at the top. I look at the top 20, the guys who are like ahead of of the, the American Peloton right now. Mm-hmm, sure. And there, there's some passable guys in here, right? Like, which is no why, reason. Which is why I think 2022 why, why sets, sets up well. should be ranked ahead of every American. There's yeah. No or Roberto Bautista good at this point. Go get right. him. Or, or Nori or whoever, huh. like, you know, or Federer. Honestly, yeah. that's ranking saying. But, yeah, I was going to say, um, he shouldn't be. Um, Schwartzman. Schwartzman should not be better than every American. You know, well, like And I think you saw a bunch of these guys beat him at the end of the year. You saw a bunch of these guys go yeah. after them. And I do think, again, this group has positioned itself extraordinarily Karatsev. well for 2022. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I think Fritz is – what is Kratzev right now? 26 18. in ranking? He's 18. He's 18. Shout out to you, as I'm looking at the live rank. Oh, I love Kratzev. I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with Kratzev. Yeah, of course. Uh, Anyway, I think the proudest moment of this podcast for you, and by the way, you know, we've hit the good part where you start directing this just for that. I'm going to filibuster for another three minutes here. Um, but you know, <laughs> if, when I look back at this podcast, your favorite moment will be the fact that you were referring to Russia and you know, you know, they're looking for their comrades to success. I know how proud you were of that one liner, Benny. Uh, but with all of that said, you're right. Let's get to our predictions. I think we, yeah, the people know our thoughts on the American men. So let's start with the American men. We're going to play a fun game here. It's a game I've played with Jonathan Kelly over the years. It's a game you play with Ricky Diamond over the years. It's a, yeah, I know one of the tennis Twitter OGs, of course. But with that said, we're going to, oh, don't you gave me a face. You You're young he, if he's an OG. You're just young if he's an OG. You don't think honestly. he's one of the original tennis Twitterers? No. Who's your original tennis Twitterer list? I'm not, I'm, I'm not top taking ten, that base. We're staying on topic. All right. Yeah. So no, my top Five, 10 Americans. Your, no, we're, we're my top we're, 10 American. No, not until you give me, give me your tennis Twitter Mount Rushmore. Come on. I mean, like OG, we're talking people like, who are not necessarily that well. I mean, I don't know, like Ataraxis or something. <laughs> or um, 
I mean, people who aren't even there anymore. Yeah. Uh, Lang. Cor- Courtney was Courtney was certainly for reduced twist was certainly an OG for teacher uh, Rushmore. At Lang uh, Tennis, the biggest Ryan Williams fan ever. I feel like if you were into te- like if you were on tennis Twitter at the beginning, you have a Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, Williams Ryan Williams himself is a tennis Twitter OG. Yeah, right. He's one of the first. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's next time that's your homework assignment. We're gonna do Mount Rushmore tennis Twitter personalities. All right. Do, with I that in mind, the offer, but thank you. Yeah, it's All right. too late. But yeah, I will yeah. tell you my number 10 player. All right, I was this. gonna say, do you want to go one to ten or ten to one? What's more interesting? Ten to one is much better. Ten to one okay. is much better. Fair. All right, then you're the guest. We're gonna start with my number 10, who is Marcos Giron. Okay. Who, which have... is down. Well, uh, do you want to just he, alternate? You want to go one for one? Yeah, but I'm gonna give you a little reason for it. Okay, I, mean, I like right, it. We're not just gonna say names. I don't know you knew reasons. Well, I mean, the reason is he's had an unreal year. He's currently yeah. above this. He's currently number number. Well, actually, not that much above it. Actually, it's number nine. Yeah. And the whole thing with this thing is like these guys are packed so close together in the rankings right now. It's like between number one and number ten right now is twenty three to sixty eight. Mm-hmm. That's not meaningfully big difference. And a lot of them are really, really tightly packed mm-hmm. in certain parts. You know, a couple consecutive rankings, a couple really close to each other. Um, yeah, I think Giron will stay in the mix. I think he's just so solid. I think he's gotten so much better physically. He's just a really good competitor. Uh, I think he's, you know, seems pretty durable. Um, so, yeah, so I like, uh, I, like I have this him as number nine. Red, no, no, good, number 10. No, it's a good pick. My bet is that we're going to see some big jumps next year that I think we will end the year with not just one. So, I think we're so gonna is Giron in your top 10 or no? He is not in my top 10. Okay, all right. He let's move on is here. surpassed okay. by number 10, <laughs> Stefan Kozlov who Kozlov Kozlov is my number nine. Okay. That's a good pick. So for me, my number nine, I had a similar theme to you, UCLA graduate NCAA singles champion. I just went Mackie McDonald with my flavor of spice. I just, I like his speed. I like his aggression, the weapons he has a little bit more than Giron. I thought Giron played a great year this season, but there's just a lot of points spread out throughout the year for him to defend. And it just seems like he just... didn't have a down blip this year. Mackie didn't play so many ATP events that I think with his ranking, he just has opportunities for bigger point grabs. How did how did you gloss over Kozlov like that? I'm offended. Oh, because we just, had like, him on the mid Kos- Tuesday. I know, but like Kozlov, Kozlov deserves a moment of like this would be a big breakthrough for Kozlov to get to the top ten with where the bar is right now. That would be saying he's like a top seventy player. Well, and- it was more so I was going to get to him. It's like I was starting with the Mackey take to talk about why I went him over Garone, um, but because we agree with Kozlov, like. I'm okay, in- yeah, I, I'm yeah. just I'm just I'm just going to say my my two cents, and I'm excited that Kozlov is in the mix. Uh, Happy that we both have him. I'm not sure it's the highest percentage pick because he's not done it before, but I'm glad we both believe in him. Um, I do not have Mackie in my top 10. Okay. I have, again, this is like, he's one of those people who's like, because I've done these lists a lot before. Sure. And uh, with Ricky specifically. And um, there, it, it's unfortunate, but like in terms of just like thinking percentage picks, like is Mackie someone who I think is durable? Yeah. No. Good question. And and he has 500 points, or not 500, 350 points to defend in Washington. Big cash of points there. Rankings will normalize. Uh, Big cash at Australia as well, by the way. Yeah, so just like, I I don't know. Like, he's someone who could be there for sure, but just I didn't pull the trigger on him. The thing is, he also lost first-round Wimbledon. So, like, I don't think that's going to happen again. It was a brutal draw for him this year. He had to come through qualifying. I think he makes up some points there. I did just He had to come through qualifying in slams, I think, at the French Open as well. Um, he had to do that a lot this year. He's not going to have to do that. And it's just like one win in main draws. You start to make up for things here and there. That's why I just think the pathway for him to hold versus Marcos Giron won a first-round match at every slam last season. And it's like to do that again, it's, it's really hard to win your first, unless you're a top 10 player, it's really hard to win your first round match at every slam you play. And so I just, that would be my reasoning there to the Kozlov point serve is back. I mean, serve is better than it's ever been. He's winning points easily. Kozlov's back, Benny. He's back. I mean, he's back more than he ever was before. So I'm not sure he was entirely here before, but yeah. Oh no, I think 12 year old Tim still beats current him, but that's just, oh, a yeah, that's true. He was yeah. the goat of 12 year olds. Uh, number eight for me, Ty Paul. Interesting. I have him higher on the list. So why? So I, well? Again, it's all relatively packed together. Yeah. Like I'm not Top saying 50 he's or no be, for Tommy. He's currently 43. I think he'll be around 50 mm-hmm. roughly. Um, I have one. I have one spicy pick ahead of him. I want to put a little bit higher. But well, I like Tom, that. And Tommy also. Way, Tommy also has had injury issues. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I again, it's just tough to prognosticate. Totally sure. Felt if like something not, clicked. Yeah. 
felt like something clicked for him this year. I have him at four. I just think he's a guy with his athleticism. I think he could have a huge year next year. And I think he's finally confident and he's locked in really good coaching situation for him. That's always the key. I think the key thing for him is to like, you know, really start to bank points on clay. That's what he hasn't done. And he's top 50 now. So it's just like, there's a little bit of more. It's a little bit more directed to all the masters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I see big upside in him from a points perspective. That's why I have him higher. Number eight, I have Nakashima, who I just think could do exactly what he did this season in 2022 and just kind of solidify that spot. where like, all right, I'm a top 100 player now. I don't know if he's got top 20 upside, but I think he's a guy who's going to be in the top 80 forever. Yeah, I don't have him in my top 10. It was a close kind of call. Interesting. I went for, I'll, I'll just go ahead to my next pick. I went to, uh, I went to the spicier pick to fill up my top 10. Again, there's a lot of people in here who are legit. My spicier top pick at number seven for me was uh, Cressy. Ooh, I like that. I, I just think that like he's, he's someone's going to run hot and cold with his mm-hmm. style. You know, certain volleys going to go big or go home, but he will go big a few times. I can see him winning a, a grass 250 or doing really well in grass it, it, it's of course keep playing faster he's also going to bank a lot of points and challengers uh in the falls of a good reservoir points uh yeah i, I like his upside i think he's going to continue to sort of find himself and, and figure things out i think people are going to i think he's going to be very popular when he finally gets uh more on the radar yeah, uh, that's a good pick. I do not have him in my top 10. There's a lot of points for him to defend. The U.S. Open kind of went perfectly. Servant volley runs hot and cold. And like, I need to see him play more clay. Well, he made matches. second round. I mean, not, not that many points to defend. No, but he, I'm saying, because I think he went through qualifying. And it just was like, he played so perfectly throughout the course of, I, you're like, you're and it'd be, and it'd be, and it'd be Busta, Yeah, so. which was a fantastic win, obviously. But I, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I need to see okay. more. I, have you watched Max Crossy hit ground strokes? Yeah, I yeah, it's exactly. It's just like it's it's. I just can't have him this time. This because I like legitimately think there might be. I know this is crazy. I think there might be twelve top fifty Americans at the end of next season. Like I think that's the depth we have now. How many of them will be in the top ten? Probably zero. But I do think that's the sort of depth that makes doing this list so hard because you're right. The separation at the bottom. Like for me, number seven is Opelka. And like, I don't feel Ooh. great. I know. Is that too low? I just, that's low. So Riley, when you look at the numbers, he Fritz Tiafo this year, Riley was the most inconsistent. Riley was under 500 overall in the season, Benny 21 and 22. Like, yeah, he had the outlier runs Madrid, Canada, but that was really it. But he has runs. The other boys yes. are not making runs. Well, Fritzy made a run. Tiafo made Where? a run. Vienna, Indian Wells, run? Indian Wells. Where'd Fritz make it? Oh, Indian Wells. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. Nah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't, I have. I like uh, that. You took a whiff of that take. You know, like, I don't like it. Uh, that's yeah. good. That's funny. That's, that's right, well, low for Opelka. I have Opelka. I'll just give, I'll tell you. Well, um, no, no, let's just keep going. I'll, I'll I have him seven. You have him seven. Who's six on your list? Uh, John Isner. Oh, uh, we agree. Uh, so, because this is, he's actually the toughest one for me to place in this list. So because. Hard. He can very credibly still be like, be, he's getting older. He's going to be 37 next year. Uh, next year could very well be his last year on tour for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but and you can, and you can lock in Atlanta, by the way, as a title. So just like oh, yeah. put that cash. He, he, he has a game that like is so tried and true. And so like, he just can go out there and do John Insert things. And there's a pretty high floor for it. If he's playing it all well, um, and he's, yeah, he's someone who's just going to be sturdy and, he could be plausibly number one next year. Mm-hmm. Like he absolutely, if he, he could absolutely win a master's next year, he could absolutely make, you know, a slam quarter or something and, and, and rack up points. He's probably not gonna play a very full schedule. I think that's actually probably why I have him down at six. He's, he's really paring back his schedule quite a bit. Um, but yeah, but he's, he's the one who's like the ultimate kind of wild card, I think in this thing, because he's there, but, but not totally. Could not. I, you said it perfectly. Who's your right, five? Let's move on. Yeah. My five is Taylor Fritz. Ooh, I have him three. I, but this so, is the zone where it's like pick a name. Yeah. So Fritz, like, I, I, I think his game is really, really great. I think I, I mean, just like stylistically, I like watching his game. Does he have the weapons of the guys who are ahead of him in here? Not totally. I don't know. He's not his. The thing with Fritz, my reason for not putting Fritz higher is his slam results are not good. Mm-hmm. His is not good at slams, Taylor Fritz, okay. compared to his ranking. So he needs a slam breakthrough. Mm-hmm. um and hopefully that'll come for him but uh at this point i have him at number five yeah I, I just think 
it's an athleticism thing. And it's like, you're right there. He's coming. He's reached the third round so many times. One of these years is going to win a third round match at a slam and get to that fourth round. And I think next year's the year. I think the confidence he found at the end of this season that he continues to get a better volleyer, better as a returner, better with fitness. That's why I have him number three. And I just think his serve again, it's might be the most reliable outside of Isner weapon of the bunch. Like it is really that nice. And if he could move better, we would think of him like we think of Andre Rublev. So I have him at three, my five's Brooksby. I just like, I, I want to see it for a full year. I'm a little concerned about injury with him as well, but like, I know it's going to work. Like, I just feel like he's going to get into the top 50. He's going to ascend up those rankings and just be top 35 forever. So he's my number five. He's my number four. Brooksby. Ooh, and wow. he, yeah, I mean, he's just like, I think he's going to be a top 30 player. I think that he's just so, so, so solid. Yeah. And I just don't see him going through bad stretches. I mean, TBD, mm-hmm. not a ton of data on him as a pro, but the, again, someone who just will not give away matches, who, if he's, if he's healthy, will really frustrate people and can compete with anybody and can pull up big wins, can go on runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, yeah, I'm at four. That felt a little bit conservative, honestly. Yeah. Um, my four is Tommy yeah. Paul, which we discussed. I believe your okay. three you said is Opelka? No, my three is Tiafo. Oh, okay, so um, we're going to have similar top threes. So my three is Tiafo. Uh, again, these are really close. These sort of my top three are all pretty close together. Um, really like we did at the end of the year. <clears throat> I saw him in, in September, I think, in College Park. Really, really good attitude towards the rest of the year. Had like a really like attack mode mm-hmm. you know, mindset for going into the European indoors, which is kind of rare for American men, but he really backed that up in Vienna. Played really well. Um, trending the right way. I think I think the coaching he's getting uh, currently from Ferreira has been really good. I think he's playing with a lot more clarity. Some huge wins. It's, he's like the most underranked player on tour right now. Mm-hmm. Like someone who's like just better. His, his, his highs have been so much higher then it's crazy that he's poised right now to be unseated going to the into the Australian Open when considering the wins he had at slams over Rublev and Tsitsipas. Um, he's a the most dangerous floater in the draw right now. Um, and I hope I hope that he keeps his momentum. He's had obviously lots of hot and cold stretches in his career. Hasn't always been easy to, to back things up over offseason sometimes too. Um, but yeah, but I I think he's three um and could be number one. I, I thought about him for number one. He's definitely number one contender. Um, but had him, had him at three. He's my number one. Here's why. 2017, 11 and 12 in first matches. 2018, 15 and 10. 2019, 12 and 13. 2020, nine and seven. Last year, 18 and seven in first round matches. Those streaks where we just see Francis lose his form for three to four to five weeks in a row, they went away last year. And obviously good, good. we saw his strength at the end of the season as well. Career highs for him, hold percentage, break percentage. You, you could tell the forehand returns just not as big of an issue as it once was. The forehand side in general, the racket speed, the athleticism, his ability to engage a crowd. If he maintains this level of focus in 2022, my take, Benny, is he's your top 15 American next year. He's the guy who's going to transcend that rank. I think he's the closest to it. I think he's proven his physicality. Three out of five sets works. He's my number one American at the end of 2022. Like I was saying for household names, he's the one who people are rooting for because Mm -hmm. he's the one with the charisma in this group. Absolutely. And he is such a a positive presence on court. And you see just the way he like completely turned, like Yannick Center, to be clear, is an ethnically Austrian person. Mm -hmm. He is like from the Austrian part of Italy, and the crowd in Vienna could not care less about him when Francis Tiafoe was on court and they can just put it on a damn show. And it was, it was just cool to see. So yeah, he's a huge, huge value add for yeah. the sport. He's um, my one. Fritz is my, uh, Fritz is my three. I know your top two are quarter and Opelka in what order? Opelka's number two. Okay, so um, Corda's your top dog. Corda's my number one. He's I number two for me. Corda's, yeah. So Opelka, again, like the upside's there. He can beat any, he's one of the people who I look at on this list and say, you can beat anybody. On a given day, I don't say that about the others mm-hmm. um, so much uh, yet. Uh, Corda, I just think we'll keep improving. Mm-hmm. Um, Corda had really luck with the U.S. Open, getting sick there. That was a that was a big loss. He he gambled on skipping the Olympics, and I think it did not work out for him, mm-hmm. which which sucks to say. I, I did not like that decision at all um, from his from his management. Um, and because uh, especially with his sister, you know, winning gold there, which would have been cool to have the whole Corda clan there together. Um, but anyway, Corda uh, is like his his all the fundamentals are there, everything you want, um, and he has some a little bit of work to do to make up, but not huge. I mean, he's number forty one now, and he's trying to catch number twenty three theoretically in Fritz and, and the actual current. That's not a big gap. I, I mean, 
he's number four in the ladder now. If he's getting, he'll hopefully start scheduling a little bit more fully. <coughs> won't, won't be playing, you know, challengers. He's playing Australia. He didn't play Australia last year. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 yeah, not too much to say about him. And then Opelka is the one I think you can, you know, go make another Masters final. We'll run hot and cold, but we'll, but that, you know, big runs were awarded in the sport with ranking points. Yeah. There's a reason why Opelka is doing better than others now, um, even with some, some hots and colds. So I just think Opelka is fascinating as, yeah. a, as a personality, as a, I, he's someone who um, I'm eager to hopefully get to talk to a bit more in, uh, in 2021, 2022 in uh, in person hopefully and just get to sort of understand each other a little bit because you like the uh, riley venus dating rumors oh yeah i was i was I, I, I that was just that was fun that was yeah fun. that was fun <laughs> that was fun <laughs> that was um, a good run yeah i love the venus i love the way venus uh, said like no he shot me down yeah <laughs> that was that was tremendous um venus venus no she likes him tall so that wasn't it made sense on paper um <laughs> uh anyway so yeah so uh yeah i supported that um that's divisive but yeah anyway so my, my top 10 in order t- t- one to ten cordo pelkatiafo brooksby fritz isner cressy paul kozlov you're on kozlov is, is the risky pick even we both had him he's the risky pick in there yeah, sure. um but i love the trending and uh shout out to other people who could make it in there who i didn't pick obviously nakashima yeah. kudla Kudla's good for a top 10. If McDonald's stays healthy, he was sort of the one I knocked the furthest down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. JJ Wolf, Jack Sock. There's always that chance. Sock is an interesting one. Sock is an interesting one. He's an interesting wild card because obviously the upside has been there. He mm-hmm. was, was he the most recent American in the top 10? Was he in there more recent than yeah. Isner? I can't remember. 2018. More recent than Isner? I'm not sure. I think so. Has Isner been in there? Was Isner not in there if you won Miami? Or oh, something? he definitely was. So you're right. So anyway, but like he's, but he's, he has been there. And the attitude seems much better from Sock now. Um, the tennis is probably not as good, but the, some some of it's still there. And mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. No, are we do the women? If we're doing women, we need to do them fast. No, I was gonna say Stevie Sanders. You, know, you know what? We're gonna save them for a different time because we, there's no way we're gonna do them that fast. So we will wrap things there for now. I, I mean, we, we're not gonna. We're not. I mean, I have my list. I want to just like. All right, yeah. If you're fine with it, let's just yeah. Let's let's, let's do it in like less than ten minutes here. All okay? right, let's let's zoom through then. Let's rock and roll. Let's. Hey, we're gonna do it in less than ten. We're gonna do it in less than five. Here we go. Okay. Give me your number ten. Claire Lou. Ooh, that's a little low on the list for Claire Lou. See right away, I have Anisimova. Okay, I have Anisimov at seven. Okay, so you're a little bit of a bigger believer than I am. She All right. was, that match, the Pliskova Anisimova, low key best women's match of the year, US Open. That match was so good. Yeah, Anisimova Potential played great. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, 10 does feel a little bit low. You're right. That was a mistake by me. All right, my, uh, all right, give me your number nine. This is the big wild card on the women's side, biggest wild card by far. I, I wanted to put her somewhere on this list to acknowledge that I still believe she's Serena. Exists. No, is, is Kennan. Ooh, that is low. But she has been has been off radar. There's, you know, not reasons for confidence in her. Um, and I, I saw her match. Almost nobody saw her match. And it was it was the worst match I've seen anybody play <laughs> ever. Um, sure. Constant unforced errors, like early in points. Uh, if her head is right, um, she obviously can go higher. But I was trying to try to split the middle between her having her not on at all or like in the top five. I find I thought she was by far the toughest person to place on this list. Mm-hmm. Kennan and she and she, I will say she does not deserve the number one ranking for the Americans right now. That she, this it's it's ridiculous with the ranking system that she was year in number one ahead of Pagula. That's nuts. Come on, no. Pagula no. deserves to be number one American. She deserves you're, to have hit that mantle this year. You're right. I'll say this though. Watching Kennan play at the French Open, which was the closest we got to her at her best, like her match versus Ostapenko was actually outstanding. Like that was a really, really fun tennis match. I thought Sonia played very well. Mm-hmm. I'll just reveal it. This is my hottest take. I have her number one. Like I'm expecting a big bounce back season from Sonia Kennan because there's so much to like about her game. And even if 2020, like everything broke perfectly for her, and I don't think we see her duplicate that, you know, two slam finals in a year again. I still think she's closer to that player than to whatever we saw this year. PBD. All yeah. right. All right. Number. number so number, that, was, and, that was my wait, number nine. So as you say, my nine is Madison keys who I just think the, her serve her weapons. I don't know the she consistency, was, but she floats. She was also tough. I have her being better than that. I don't think you're, I don't see Madison keys maintaining equilibrium in the fifties in the rankings. I think she's a better player than that. I think that she will start clicking. I think she has the resources and the team to get herself better, I have her as my number four. 
Ooh, and um, I, she was another tricky person because again, the highs are high, the lows are lows, but she could absolutely make, uh, you know, uh, a quarter in Australia, no problem, a, a semi at Wimbledon, you know, semi US mm-hmm. Open, like all those things are on the table for her very much. They kind of are for most of these players. Um, only one of them in this, of this group is not sort of like a hot street kind of player. But anyway, uh, my number eight, is Daniel Collins. Ooh, that's is that too low for Collins? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because question. again, it's, it's low. These people are all close together. Like, oh. what is she currently in, in the rankings? I forgot to the... put Daniel Collins in my list. That's hilarious. I'm oh, is that too at... low for Collins? And then you don't even have her. No, at I forgot. I thought I had her like top five for sure, and now I realize she's not even in there. Ooh, that well, bounce... she's currently. By the way, that bounces Anisimova yeah. down. Uh, so Anisimova is now my number eleven. Keys is my ten. My nine is Shelby Rogers, who I just I have like, Rogers at five. I so think this year felt like a little... maximizing though for Rod. Like, is it gonna get better than this year for her? Maybe not, but I still think like being it's like a 30 in the 30s, which is where I think sure. she belongs, I think could get her in this range this year. Um is Shelby I... Rogers now just a, a the better version of Madison Keys? Like Madison Keys is best, maybe better, but there's a lot of parallels between their games. She's steadier. Yeah. I mean, the bad days are not as bad for Shelby. Yeah. The bad days for Madison are pretty catastrophic on the board. Very so true. um the highs are high, the highs are lower, the lows are higher for, sure. for Rogers. So I have I have Rogers at five on my list. Okay. I said that already, right? Yeah. My number seven is in Wait, quickly, my eight, Claire Lou. Yeah. Claire Lou's my number. Okay. Eight. Yeah, we covered yeah. that. Yeah. So pretty pretty close. Okay. I'm all that's, in. That's, that's a lot of belief for Claire Lou, who's currently number 16. Oh, I think Lou, we both Claire have her Lou, in the top 10. I think she's excellent. Former slam champion. Yeah. super powerful great tennis player as well seven i have sloan stevens who do you have i have anisimova at seven okay you mentioned that i forgot six this gets interesting who's your six and lee oh that's so i'll give it away and lee's my number two i'm like i'm so on the and lee bandwagon Ooh, i admit it that i like that spicy like take that. it's just the f- i freaking love the way and lee plays tennis there's just like this quality about her where she's just like no i'm better than you and like she takes ball early on the rise just goes for i just i love it it's just i'm a big i'm I'm a big admirer of her ever since i've watched her in junior women final yeah against against claire lou um Mm -hmm. i also just love saying king of prussia's and like just confuses people like what is is that is that a place what (laughs) i'm rooting for that i have lee at six um who's your six I went Jen Brady just because uh, injury, she's going to miss a quarter of the year or, you know, the start of the year as well in a boot. And so I had her a little bit lower. She also loses all those Australian open points, but she should be, I, I, it's, I don't really know how the ranking is going to look, um, but I have her at six because her best is a top 30 player, but it's just how much do we see of her? Another tough one. I do not have her on my list. I uh, just wasn't banking on it with the with injury uncertainty. I, I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't if I, if I had more huevos, I would take her off my list, move Anissa Omova back up to 10, but I'm not going to compromise my list. Uh, five, my number five is Rogers. Okay, my five it. is Goff. And that's a testament to I have the players above her more than Coco Goff, who I just think we could see her float in the top 30 for the next three years and not make another jump till she's 22, 23 years old. And by the way, that'd be totally normal. Like she's already a top 30 player. That was She had a really good year. Uh, my number four is Keys. We discussed Keys already. Yeah, I have Collins. So three. Now we get interesting. I have. Pagula. Oh, we agree. Because just like, how does it get better than this year? It, it's true. I do think. I do think this was a summit maxing out. I do think this was called the Pagula maxing out. Sure. Uh, getting to top twenty, deserved again. Number one American. I hope that. I hope that. Well, she's defending quarters in Australia, so she might not get there. But like in Canada, and quarters in Dubai, and quarters in Doha, quarters everywhere. All those times beating Plitzkova over and over and over again. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I wish she got number one American. I thought that would have meant to her. I think she deserved it. So that's that's frustrating to me. Um, but yeah, I think that she's. But maybe maybe she has a down year. Maybe she maybe she maybe she actually is someone who it's time to sell Google stock at this price. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, I'm an admire her. Number two, I have Golf. I think okay. Golf is already you know verge of top twenty still steadily improving i think she could be number one um and i just yeah i i really think that she's slowly but steadily improving and it's going to be a top 20 player again she's only 17 it's so underrated what she's doing she is not getting it, it it's just frustrating because she did like these the sort of order in which her career unfolded she made such a big splash beating venus wimbledon sorry venus wimbledon is her name venus williams at wimbledon 
uh, in the in the first round in 2019. Um, and that's tough to top in the sort of public public imagination. You know, she won a t- she won some titles. I, yeah, I just wish she I wish people were were more excited for her, um, in, in a way. Uh, and I wish yeah, because yeah, it's just, it just I feel like the narrative, even kind of what you were saying, is that she's a little bit plateauing, mm-hmm. even, even if temporarily. They're just kind of just like treading water a bit in the rankings. And I still just think it's unbelievable. There just aren't kids doing what she's doing until there are. Yeah, and this is also as frustrating. Like Radu Khanna comes along and wins a slam at eighteen, and then golf doesn't seem as remarkable somehow. What Toss and, has done this year, it's like you see that success, and you're like, well, Coco Golf hasn't had that sort of season yet, and yet, you know, again, what I, are you talking about? Where she what wins off four titles in a year, right? But what is Tossin ranked? Like forty nine, I think, or forty eight. Forty four currently, okay, and but- golf is. 20 well, it's like half that okay but go look at their career records and even at the wta level tossin has already the point is i see your point i, I i'm agreeing with you by the way uh in this tossin's, tossin's a hipster pick golf made her like this again golf is actually more of a household name than any of the men um true and and or at least she wasn't at least she wasn't 2019 maybe that's no, still is i disagree still um is. all right so but for the record, I don't mean plateauing in the sense that her game doesn't get better. I just mean there are other players who are making bigger jumps than she is at this moment. I'm just saying, who, give her who is your number two? Uh, my number two is Ann Lee. So I've already doubled down on that. that. And I then my that. number one, Sonia Kennan. So we've talked about my whole list. I think. Kennan so can you can you tell who my number one is? Who I haven't said? Serena. No. Um, okay, I'm looking up and down this list. Is it is it Sloan? It is Sloan. Oh, I love that pick. I have Sloan at number one. I thought um, she was a lot better this year. Sloan was so much better. She is the Francis Tiafo. Sure. Although she didn't quite have the results. Yeah. But like, talk about someone who was so much better than her ranking 100%. during this season. Mm-hmm. And she ends up 64. And like, I felt like she was a lot of times playing like top 20 level of tennis. And obviously the hot, sing- the, the, the hot and cold streaks are going to be there for Sloan all the time. But like the highs were really good. Some of those matches and obviously women's tennis, the level is so consistent in that sort of top 50, top 70 range. Um, but like some of the matches she played at the French Open this year, like that match she played against Carla, I don't know if many people watch that match, but that Carla Sloan-Stevens match, first round Roland Garros this year, unbelievable level. That was so good. Carla especially coming off coming off the cancer bench. My God, like was the level was unreal in that match. Um, and the way that Sloan beat uh, Plisco at that tournament too, like there were just some really, really good wins for her. Um, she beat uh she's a really good us open beating keys and golf there uh, and then playing kerber really tough like it's crazy to me that she's only 64 i think if she keeps her positivity there um it doesn't get too down by her ranking and by by putting in the work and playing well and not having much to show for it really and on the on paper um i think her upside is still her 2022 upside is the biggest that anybody's here I think reasonably, maybe unless golf makes another leap, which is why I have golf at number two. Um, But I, I, yeah, I'm picking slow and I feel good about that pick, even though she is number 12 on the current roster. I have her going 12 to one. No, I like it. So so then with that in mind, give me, give me your list one more time so I can write them down when I tweet these bad boys out. Uh, Steve in order, top to bottom, Stevens, golf, Pagula, keys, Rogers, Lee, Anisimova, Collins, Kennan, and Lou. And I'll I'll text them to you also for both. But also, you don't have permission to tweet these. People are just gonna if you put them only on Twitter, <laughs> no way, no way. You're gonna listen to the episode right. again. I'm gonna tweet my list, and I'm gonna say to hear Ben's list. Check out the podcast. Do I have the green light to do that? That's fine. That's good. okay. That's what I will do then. So you know, I would never violate your trust. Um. All right. With all that, I just about, I've just put lists on Twitter before without the podcast context, and people are like, "How dare you?" I know you don't like getting blown up like that. I actually don't think my that. list, I don't think my list is actually, these lists are actually I know, these that are inflammatory this year. Yeah, these are yeah. clearly, yeah, this is, you know, you've been retweeting Ted Cruz. I think that influenced your list. I, excuse me, I've not been retweeting Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has been retweeting me. That's <laughs> true. And then, yeah, yeah, is this like a is... me and you thing where you retweet him retweeting you? No, I didn't retweet him. Uh, who was it? It was someone. Jim Banks, oh, maybe? I, I, I quote tweeted Kelly Loeffler. Kelly Loeffler, that's who it was. Who because no because she, because just be like, this is getting weird. Like, yeah. there's Loeffler, like, in my mentions. Like, and I do think on a side note, like, to our previous discussion five hours ago about Peng Shui, like, it is interesting how um, how the Republicans are the much more outspoken ones on this topic. Like, mm-hmm. I get that they're the anti 
China well, it's drum they bangers. They can beat their chest. That's why. That's exactly. Why. But like, come on, like, let's let's let's. I think it's just. I think it's a an issue where the WTA is so clearly doing the right thing that I would I would appreciate more bipartisan. Well, uh, here's what I would say: Democrats that. are saying it. The difference is Democrats are also trying to run the country. And Republicans are not trying to do that right now. No. Uh, and the good news is we stuck that comment into our number 128. So no one's going to hear that. And so that's the good news. I don't have to worry about that slack. Um, all that said, by the way, congratulations to you. This episode was so fantastic. We're going to divide it in two little poetry there. Uh, we'll do first half mini break, second half GSP. But with all of that said, give me the rundown. What are you working on? Where can we find it? What should people be following? I got things cooking, Gruskin, as you know. I know you do. The figures uh, work. So uh, we'll see. So I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm working, obviously, NCR still doing the, the good content. Hopefully, uh, that's the main place. Check it out. Yeah, the, and Twitter. I noticed um, you and Reem did not invite me to the year-end shindig this year. Yeah, correct. That was a good move. <laughs> but but you, you're, 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 you're a good host. You're a good host. Yeah, Happy to have the party at your house here. Yeah, it's very kind. Exactly. I'm glad we got to do this at least one more time. But Benny. Always a pleasure. Be safe. Be healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with New York Times author, Slate.com author, No Challenges Remaining host, Ben Rothenberg. A thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat, for entertaining some of my wildest topics. You can hear him trying to do some mid-podcast editing throughout this, and of course, I get frustrated because I don't know if you listeners know this. I have an ego. Nevertheless, it is that mid-podcast directing he does. That is why I am so fond of him. He truly is. Again, he will always tell you exactly how he was feeling. I think that makes for really good podcasting. Therefore, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And again, a thank you to Ben, who has been far, far too kind to me over the years. But lots of discussions being had right now across this offseason. Of course, Ben and I discussed where is Peng Shui, all of the latest developments in that story on today's mini break podcast feed. You can also go here. Our top 10 American men and women seasons of 2021, both on this podcast and on that podcast with Nina Pantic and David Gertler. Respectfully, you can hear from countless Power 5 college tennis coaches over the next couple of weeks on our Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well. And of course, I will just say it now, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast, Cracked Interviews podcast, and our YouTube channel to ensure that you don't miss out on any of our content. Of course, you can find all of the content on the website, CrackedRackets.com. But if you need those immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in day out shout out as well to our friends at tennis point tennis point.com promo code is cr15 with that said for our fantastic guest ben rothenberg super producer daniel westoff and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say hey great shot and we'll see you all next time thanks everyone <laughs>